You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Harry, welcome to Crunch Time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. The diagnosis has been a bit vague from time to time. Just tell us exactly what's wrong with you. Um... It has been a bit vague at times. Unfortunately, uh, injured my plantar fascia early on in the season um, and then uh, ruptured it a little bit later on in the season. Um, and unfortunately now I just have a, a, a bit of a torn tendon. Um, sort of related in a way because this tendon was probably under a little bit more stress than it would have been if my plantar fascia was functioning the way it should be. Um, so it's just a matter of now um, letting that tendon heal to a, to a degree where it's strong enough for me to able to, to be able to um, contribute on the field again. Uh, tendons, unfortunately, notoriously slow in terms of healing compared to muscles based on the fact that they don't have as good a blood supply. So what is your prognosis from here? Um, uh, yeah, not entirely sure. I've, okay. uh, I've been doing a fair <laughs> bit of cross-training, uh, starting to move a little bit out in the track, but um, at this stage... Um, like most tendon injuries, it's about rest and recovery early, um, and then it's building the load back up. You need some sort of load through tendons in order for them to heal the right way. Um, so when they are laying down the fibres, they need to um, be pulled and pushed in certain directions to actually get them to align properly so that you have less chance of a reoccurrence. Um, and I'm probably at that stage now where we're putting some load through it to enable that matrix, those fibres, to align properly um, in order for it to be strong enough. Oh, that's very specific. So <laughs> we're much the wiser for that. Do, do you no, ex- no wonder yeah. Chris couldn't uh, explain all that. <laughs> yeah. uh, not sure that would have been the grab in the news either. Um, are you planning to be back in the home and away season? Yeah, I hope so. Um, as I said earlier, tendons tend to, uh, sorry about the pun, yeah. uh, heal a little bit slower than muscles. So we're not exactly sure how long this will take. Um, and I probably prefer it that way. I know um, media-wise, probably in the public, it's nice to have facts and figures in terms of um, time out of the game, but I just think the best thing for a player to do is just go day-to-day to steal that Americanism, which we see often in their sports. Um, just once you feel better, you can do a bit more. Once you feel better again, you can keep building that load. So um, although it's nice to have a set date um, in terms of return date, um, I'm more more than comfortable just to go day by day. Are you frustrated? It's been a terribly interrupted season for you. Yeah, it has. Um, Ten years, I think 200, maybe close to 30 games without an injury. Um, and now, unfortunately, yeah, not getting much continuity at all. So it is frustrating, but I think perspective is something that's really important to remember when you are injured. Um, I've had a lot of luck for a long time now, so... Um, very very fortunate in a lot of ways and uh, this year unfortunately not having as much luck in terms of getting my body right but um, I'm a realist and I'm also uh, one that uh, understands how this game works and injuries are a part of this game and unfortunately this year in particular I'm not sure if it's because I've been injured um, that sort of syndrome when you're 
notice things more when you've got something happening to you, but it just seems to like we've had a lot of injuries in the game this year, so um, it's something maybe for us to keep looking at as well as the rule changes and whatnot. I'd love to see us keep working on how we can keep our best players out on the track. Yeah, actually, that is something that the AFL is looking at as well. They're waiting for, for the data, Harry, and uh, I think there is an awareness that uh, not just has there been more injuries and actually more time on the sidelines, but it, it's happened to the better players for a lot of this year, and I'm not sure we can do much about who gets the injuries, but uh, it is definitely something that uh, needs to be continually monitored, that's for sure. One thing injury does give you, and you talk about perspective, is a, a different view of your own team, and I guess something all Geelong supporters are grappling with about just how good they are and what they might be able to do. Have you got a view? Yeah, it's um, it's, a, it's a great question. We are that a bit of an enigma, really hard side to crack at the moment in terms of understanding where we sit. We um, we play some terrific football in games, um, and then some of our poor football seems to come out as well. One thing I guess I take confidence from is we've probably been beaten pretty convincingly by Essendon. Apart from that, most of our losses, the margins have been pretty small, and our, our ability to fight, ability to scrap and find a way back into a game is something that um, has been really strong in our side for the last few years. Unfortunately, our starts, which have been an issue as well, haven't quite uh, got to the standard that we need to, them to be. So um, it's, it's a, a really big challenge for us as a group and something we're forever trying to analyse and look at different ways to do things. But unfortunately, so far, we just haven't found that haven't found that perfect formula. Do you think the coaches um, and to some degree the players have worked out yet where all the midfielders should be playing? I mean, you've got a, an embarrassment of riches to some degree with the, the depth you've got in the midfield, but a, as we know, it doesn't always mean that that means you dominate and win all the games because they, they've still got to play in certain positions and some of them are playing out of the position probably they'd like to be in. So do you think it's, it's come together now? Uh, yeah, I think it's still wor- a work in progress. It's a, a really good point. I don't think it's um, just sort of um, s- specific for the midfielders either. We've got players that either end on prominent example, someone who's played defence for a lot but now plays yeah. forward a bit more. Um, Jack Henry's played a little bit forward the last sort of little period. Even Zach Tui, who's p- played most of his footy as a defender, goes forward and contributes really well last week as a forward. So um, the perfect mix is something that I don't think we need to chase. I don't think it's something that we need to actually bed down, if you like. I think our flexibility can be a real um, boost for us. We saw the Bulldogs probably do that 2016, where all of their players played in multiple positions. I think we shouldn't probably rely on actually trying to chase that perfect mix as much as actually use the flexibility as a real benefit for our side. Did Zach have a word to you after the game last week about, you know, this is what you do after the siren? (laughs) Uh, No, I was uh, pretty quick to make sure I congratulated him and just... uh, uh, point out some of the technique issues that I had in comparison to him, but uh, look, a fantastic guy, and um, his attitude is um, always bubbly. He's got a great demeanour about him, a very comical sort of guy, and uh, we've just loved what he's brought to our team. Obviously, fantastic um, effort to kick that goal for us, but just in general around the club, he's actually in our leadership group now, and he just brings a great perspective to our to our game. So we talk about perspective before. He's have obviously had a pretty tough time early in his career. He's now um, winning a few more games and um, really enjoying himself. Harry, Bob here. Anthony was being a little bit cheeky there, but I, I just I, I did want to ask you about the, just the mood of the of the locker room and the club this week after the, you know after the heart stopping win as opposed to the heartbreaking loss against the Dogs from you know from a while ago. Yeah, um, it probably hasn't been that different, to be honest, Bob. We, we try to, one thing we're big on, um, and I may have heard you speak about this as well 
on one of the programs um, I've seen you on. When you come into the footy club, we want the mood to be the same regardless if you win or lose. If you're an outsider coming to the club for a day, we'd love for you to come in and not know what happened on the weekend in terms of the result. Um, which is a little bit pessimistic, I guess, because you have a fantastic win and unfortunately you don't get to celebrate them as much as you'd love to. There's probably that five to ten minute period after the game when the adrenaline's still kicking and you're so excited, but then it wears off pretty quickly and your head turns um, to the next week, um, often too quickly, I think. But um, we try to keep the mood within the club as stable and as, as I guess, um, on an equilibrium as much as possible. So... Although Zach may have been a little bit more up and about than he normally was, everyone else is still pretty. Um, it's an Irish thing. Ca- yeah, pretty calm and collective. And what about what about today? Is is there a, is there an edginess to the to the group today with a you know danger game against against the Brisbane Lions? Because you have yeah. lost a few against some of the lower teams over the years. <laughs> Anthony, t- Anthony, take your scarf Sorry, off and your jumper off. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, is there a bit of an edginess today? Because Brisbane's form has been good, and they do and they do take it on, and they've and they've taken it on all year. Are you prepared for that? Yeah, I hope so. That's another thing that Scotty's extremely good at. He he keeps us uh, very level-headed in terms of. Um, who we're playing and, and how their form's going. He often re- references the form of the opposition team and um, the latter position is very irrelevant in the terms of Brisbane, in terms of their form. They've been fantastic the last few weeks. So um, those are the things that Scotty and his team are great at pointing out to us as players. We just probably haven't executed as well as we've needed to against the teams that um, are, I guess, statistically lower than us on the ladder. So um, Brisbane are playing amazing footy. I've watched them the last few weeks and been really impressed with the way that they move the ball. So hopefully the skinnier ground might make that a little bit more difficult, but um, I'd, I'd love to say that our guys um, are going to be on edge for this game, as we expect them to be all the time. Absence now, of players in his 30s, Harry, is uh, minds are drawn to... You'll, you'll be aware, I'm sure, those who think you might not be in the best 22 anymore. Are you affronted at all by that? Uh, not at all. I, I sort of see it as part of the industry. Um, we love the commentary about around the game. That's one thing that's is fascinating. Um, I think I heard a comment from um, it might have been Goddard uh, during the week that said when you first come into the game, um, you probably tend to get pumped up more than you need to or you you um, can accept, and then towards the end you might get brought down a bit quicker. Um, than you than you uh, need to be. I think it was Jordan Lewis actually that might have said that. And I've said it quite poorly, but I hope you get the gist yeah. of what I'm what I'm trying to say. Um, so I'm probably at the other end of the spectrum now. Earlier days, I might have got a few pats on the back when I didn't didn't uh, deserve them. Now I'm at the end. I'm probably getting drawn down a little bit more than maybe what I think I should be. But um, uh, that's part of the game. That's the uh, the industry and the commentary is great. It's fascinating. People talk about it in the public, and I love all that side of the game. I'm I'm really in love with how the public can have so much love and care for their team and so much commentary around it a Monday at work in the office, um, sitting around the table having a coffee and you talk about how Harry Taylor missed a goal after the siren. Um, and then a few weeks later you talk about how Zach Tui's kicked one. I mean, that's pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. So you're 32. What, what are your plans? Uh, I'm contracted next year. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to get back in the side this year at some point and contribute to the team. Um, I'm probably... I'm not exactly sure where that's going to be on the field and at some point we'll talk to the other coaches about what they think it should be. But right now it's just a matter of getting through the cross-training, which I can tell you hasn't been easy, um, especially for a player that hasn't done a lot of it over his journey. Um, and then just yeah, to keep trying to recover, get to a point where I think I know the game pretty well, I know our game plan, but be able to actually get out there and contribute. Yep. 
Now, Harry, I've been uh, wanted to ask you this for a few weeks. I heard a story, and there's a little bit of Chinese whispers about it, about a football player, and as it was told to me, it was his mate that had this amazing thing happen to him at the British Open. But I've sort of half-tracked it back to you. So can you tell me, is there a story to do with you and the British Open? Uh, there, there is a story. It somehow come about only recently. I'm not sure how or why. It actually happened quite a few years ago, so just bear with me quickly. But a mate's mate's mate, so a long way from where I actually sit in terms of things. I'm just maybe a storyteller, if you like. Um, a, uh, a guy was uh, heading over to the British Open and uh, wanted to um, see the British Open, booked a really special room um, at the British Open, years in advance to try to make sure that he was sort of set up to see all the players tee off and whatnot. So has booked that room, gone gone along, uh, really excited about the opportunity and has got a, a phone call saying that someone wanted to take the room over. Um, would he be willing to move down the hall a little bit? They'd pay for his flights and whatnot. So uh, he's just said, no, I'm, I'm right, thanks. I really want this room. I've, he's knocked it back. Gets another call uh, a few months out and gets offered some, some money. I think it was about 10 grand plus his room down the hall and a few meal vouchers and whatnot. He stood fast and said, no, I really want this room. I'm adamant. His wife at this stage is furious. Like, what are you doing? You turned <laughs> down 10, 10 grand. Um, and then he came pretty close to the date, about two weeks out, and gets another call and says, uh, how much is your mortgage? If it was paid, would you be willing to swap? And he thought, what a joke. I mean, who does that? So he said 250 grand. The mortgage is actually half of that. Um, <laughs> and the next day he gets uh, the money put in an account uh, with D Beckham as the uh, <laughs> as the uh, person putting it across, so unbelievable story. And then I was actually playing golf at Clifton Springs recently this year, telling this story to a, an English golfer, and he looked at me like he'd heard it before, and he said, "I can actually add to your story. The same thing happened to one of his mates who was getting married at a church that the Beckhams wanted to get their one of their kids christened at. So they swapped dates, um, swapped uh, sorry venues to." Uh, to, uh, and paid the mortgage to make that happen. So uh, that's his philanthropy. The Beckhams just go around paying mortgages. <laughs> oh, well, it's a great tale, Harry. So you actually do know the person that happened to you, though? Uh, I, I know of them. I don't actually... Oh, I don't right. actually oh, it's, as I better. said, it's a long way from where I sit in the scheme of things. It's just um, a great story that I was... I must yeah. have told someone who's then told someone else in a way it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was told to me, first of all, that it was Tommy Hawkins' best mate, but anyway, it ended up being cracked back to you. Uh, thanks for joining us, Harry. Great to hear your tales on and off the field, and uh, good luck. Let's hope we see you out there playing again very soon. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.